Welcome to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. Marketing is our passion, and as a chapter, we hope to inspire dialogue, fuel creativity, and create a community for marketers everywhere. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe to our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Let the inspiration and dialogue begin. Hello, I'm your host, Josh Janowiak. Today's topic, there is no such thing as cause marketing. Box Water is a present-day David versus Goliath story of a small, sustainable water company taking on the $60 billion plastic bottle water industry. So how do you build a brand on a small budget when you're up against a multi-billion dollar competitor? And how do you reach consumers with a complex message? Box Water has been able to build a brand by becoming a conduit between consumers and their growing desire to help the planet, elevating its proposition to be more than just a water brand. It has empowered fans to plant over 790,000 trees in our national forests and on path to cleaning up 3,000 miles of beaches. Today, we'll talk about how companies need to build partnerships in order to differentiate themselves in today's business environment and why it's more important than ever to listen to consumers and not necessarily the trade. We'll discuss the challenges and learnings that Box Water has faced in its first decade and how you can apply them to your organization. So key takeaways from today's discussion, cause marketing is marketing, not just a subcategory. Today's marketers need to approach branding with authentic values, how to leverage partnerships to build brands and differentiate themselves, and of course, the fun pitfalls that you may find along the way. We'd like to introduce our guest, Jessica Kaluski. She's our AMA West Michigan VP of Communications. Jessica, how are you today? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. You're also a digital and social media specialist at US Signal, correct? That's right. I am an advocate for sustainability. Um, I recently just switched from no plastics while grocery shopping. And I'm happy to be here because this is kind of my jam, cause marketing and sustainability. Did you switch after you attended the luncheon? No, actually. It's been at least four months in the works. Nice. <laughs> Now, what does U.S. Signal do, and what's your uh, role there? Uh, so, U.S. Signal is an information technology company in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I do social media, email marketing, the website, and SEO. Awesome. Maybe able to help and, and talk to Rob a little more on the IT end. Rob Keenan of Box Water, and is is the company actually is it Box Water? Is it Box Water is better? It's it's Box Water is better is the uh, is the company name. Um, Boxed Water is also a name that we use within it, almost like what you would say Coke or Coca Cola. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's like the formal name is the Box Water, Water is, is better. better but yep. if you want to abbreviate it, you can call it Box Water. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with Box Water. So I have been with Box Water for about two years. I'm their CMO, so the chief marketing officer. And my goal is to get everyone to switch from plastic bottles to a sustainably packaged paper, paper-based product. Um, Box Water is a great company. It was based here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It is the first national company to offer a sustainable alternative to plastic water bottles. And we'll talk a little bit about why, why that needs to happen. Um, and we've been around for about 10 years, and it, we are slowly taking 
on the bigger companies, the Sanis and the Aquafinas of the world, as consumers basically lead us to the path of saying, let's, let's change what we're doing because what we're doing is not working. The thing that sets us apart in my mind's eye, and one of the reasons why I came here is because beyond just the, the, the product itself, we have pure water and, and our water tastes great and has won awards, but also we help the planet by planting trees and cleaning beaches. Already we've planted or helped in planting um, over 790,000 trees. And we've done that basically by empowering consumers to get on board and, and help us. So we're not doing it on our own. We're using social media to get people to jump on board and, and post pictures of our product so that they can plant trees. Now, can you do any hashtag or does it have to be the particular hashtag? Hashtag better planet. Okay. And that's how we track it. That way we can we can go on the hashtag better planet site and we can count out how many people do it. And every time you post a picture, we'll plant two trees. And what's beautiful about it, you don't have to buy, you just have to post. You literally could go into the store, oh. hold it up, take a picture, go better planet, hashtag better planet, we'll plant two trees. Well, and it's very timely. We're going to talk a little more about the marketing aspects of it in just a bit, but it's it's, it's fascinating what you guys are, are doing and the statistics that you had mentioned during the launch of where we are with plastics yeah. right now. And interestingly enough, this morning, um, heard a story, there's, there's an NPR series right now called The Plastic Tide. So they're doing ongoing updated stories about the microplastic, how the mm -hmm. microplastic ends up in our fish and in our water, yeah. and then also all the plastic that's that's washing up like in the Philippines right now. So this is a very important thing. How, how big of a problem is this? It's enormous and it's only getting, and it's growing exponentially. So what I didn't realize when I started, the starting point is that about 24% of plastic bottles are recycled, meaning 74% of plastic bottles are not recycled. So first of all, people go, well, I can recycle. Well, the fact is, is that the product's not being recycled. Secondly, plastic, we, we tend to forget, is made from oil. So oil is not a renewable resource. So we're finding nowadays that, that recycling is not enough. It must be sustainable. So you can't replant oil fields. You can't put oil back in the earth. You can plant trees, which is why a box is obviously better than in oil. So what we're finding is about 9 million tons of plastic go into landfills or the ocean every year, which is, which is enormous and only getting larger. And that's really the crux of the problem is we need to stop the flow of plastic and we need to stop it where it starts. And that's at the, at the shelf when people are picking plastic off the shelf. If plastic goes out and it's sitting on the ground or it's yeah. in the ocean, how long does it last before it well, that's the crazy thing is, and the, so plastic, there's, there's good points to plastic. It lasts forever, but that's also the bad point of plastic. So plastic, it takes 700 years for it to break down in the ocean. And to your point, it's not biodegradable. It never actually goes back to the earth. Uh -huh. So it becomes microplastics, fish eat it, fish and wildlife think that they're full because they're eating product, and then they end up dying of starvation. Whereas a paper in the right circumstances in the, in the ocean, um, we have tested and seen that it break down in three or four months. So the math of drinking something that takes you, let's say, a minute to drink and that lasting for 700 years just doesn't make sense. That's kind of, yeah, it's, it's staggering to think about that. So you guys obviously have a great cause. Yeah. And it seems like word of mouth social media like you guys are doing um, and all the great things that you are doing would would take you would be a great jump start but 
when you compare it to Coca-Cola and mm-hmm. a lot of the bigger industries, how does that compete? How how far does that get before you have, really have to get creative? And then how do you take that to the next level? Well, yeah, no, it's a great question. And and I think the the crux of it, if you step back, it's because is in the premise of the fact that there's no such thing as cause marketing is that just because our product is closely um, tied to sustainability, it's easy for people to say, well, yeah, it's easy for you guys. You guys are made of of paper, so obviously you're going to be doing all these sustainable things. The point of the conversation is, is that no matter what you make, if you make shoes, if you make shirts, you today need to have uh, a brand value that will relate to consumers. And the reason is, is because consumers are now looking for authenticity in the products that they buy. So for the past hundred years, Coca-Cola is the best example. You can get away with showing pretty pictures of people that you aspire to be, young and hip people, or you can you can show pictures of bears in the holiday season to try to get some emotional connection with a consumer. And for a hundred years, we bought into that and said, yeah, I wanna be cool, so I'm gonna drink Coke. By the way, it's the real thing. Today's consumers are far more savvy, far more skeptical, and they say, well, what do you believe in? You're, you're Coke, you're sugar water, just and and, but, but what, give me a reason to buy. And today's consumer is also saying, corporations are made up of people. What, what do your people believe in? And then I'm going to buy into what you believe in and, and or not. And so the whole point is, is that no matter what you make, every company needs to step back, evaluate the values of what that company stands for, which invariably is the values that the people within the company stand for, and then take a stand. You can take a stand for the Humane Society. There's there's a million causes. We happen to choose sustainability um, because the consumers are leading us to the direction of, I need to buy into, into products that make a difference. Everything else is very superficial and not important to me. Today's consumers, the millenn- we, we talk about millennials. Um, millennials are now... 40 years old. So they're consumers that are buying and they're consumers that have have money to spend and they're making choices. And they're not looking for superficial emotion. They're looking to make a difference in the world. They're also, they're looking to become part of a community. Um, they're very skeptical of what's going around. So you have to be authentic in what you do. Um, and the internet has freed everybody to look into the background and make sure that if I pick you off the shelf, it's because I believe in what you're doing. So so I say to my to myself, if we weren't doing this, so we're providing a product that's sustainable, but if we weren't also planting trees and cleaning beaches, we wouldn't exist after 10 years because just giving a better product is not enough. 10 years ago, we thought it was enough. We came out and said, all right, here's a better mousetrap. This is better than plastic. Everyone's going to know that. We're going to promote that. And we did well. We we landed a lot of coffee shops. We landed a lot of little places where people bought into the idea. But it wasn't until about four years ago that two things happened. First of all, we realized we weren't doing enough. There was more to be done. And secondly, we also realized we weren't making enough noise for the consumer to buy into what we were doing. We weren't building the community that we wanted to build. And that's when that's when management, we went to management and they gave us the green light to have the U-Post We Plant reforestation project where we went to consumers and said, if you post a picture on, on the internet with the hashtag Better Planet, we'll plant trees. 
it was at that moment that really we did a step change from just being a product to now being more of a philosophy and being more of a movement and a community with consumers. Let's talk about cause marketing and why we're saying there is no such thing. It's not just a subcategory or subset anymore. It, it is marketing. So the definition I found when, when doing a Google search, which was a little confusing and I'll explain, uh, showed cause marketing defined as a type of corporate social responsibility in which a company's promotional campaign has the dual purpose of increasing profitability while bettering society, which I think makes sense. But what was con confusing, there's a similar phrase, cause-related marketing, which usually refers to a subset of cause marketing that involves the cooperative efforts for profit businesses and nonprofit organizations for mutual benefit. And when I did the initial Google search, it was showing that cause-related marketing as the cause marketing definition. But I had to go to a very reputable resource called Wikipedia before I found <laughs> both. Yeah, that's the key difference when I look at this definition is this says that it's the, the purpose is a it's a promotion. And I'm saying this is not a promotion. This has to be the core of what you stand for. And it has to go through everything that you do. And I know in our case, it, it says here, which is funny, increasing profitability. This doesn't increase your profitability. And in fact, it doesn't even make sense when you are looking forward on a spreadsheet. It makes it, you, you can't say for in our in our example, we have ended up on on Ellen DeGeneres with millions of dollars worth worth millions of dollars worth of advertising. We have ended up ended up with partnerships with free people in a hundred and hundred of their stores. Um, and every Wednesday they have yoga events that that where they talk about boxed water. They talk about sustainability. My point is is that this isn't a promotion. This is who you stand for. And as a result of it being who you stand for, other thing good things happen. But you can't measure it up front and say, if we do X, it'll lead to Y. It's more of, we're going to do X because it's the right thing to do. And people can come along because they believe in what we believe. And frankly, we can have a whole different level of a conversation because we're talking about what we believe in and less about what we're actually making. I think consumers are a lot smarter than we think they are. And cause marketing is, I think it's, people can see right through it most of the time, especially when it's not that relatable. I think the definition that Josh just read there, that's definitely the kind of cause marketing that I think consumers just point out right away and see through. Right. And it is something that's more superficial. Mm -hmm. um, and then you start to build a reputation. So my one of my true norths is Patagonia. And Patagonia is different than any other sporting goods company because throughout everything they do, it comes back to, we believe in preserving the earth. We preserve, we believe in, in recycling. We, everything we do, product is a given. We're gonna make great product. Now let's talk about what, if you come along, what we can do together. Are either of you familiar with Simon Sinek and the TED yeah. Talk, Start With Why? Oh. The whole TED Talk was, most people know what they do and how they do it. But a lot of people don't know why they do it. And that was his common thread that he found for the really successful companies. He used Apple as an example. A lot of companies make great computers. They make great tablets. They make great MP3 devices. But what is it about Apple? Apple innovates. They challenge the status quo with everything they do. Mm -hmm. And people have become so loyal to the brand just because everything that, that Apple stands for. So uh, that really struck home because you have that why. And like you said, you run everything through that filter. Right. My question to you would be for anyone listening to the podcast that might not already know what their why is. Right. What would be the starting point? The starting point for finding that why. Yeah. No, it's a great question because 
because just to build off of what you said, it's not a campaign, it's your value, it's who you are. So it, all, it goes all the way down to who you hire and who you choose not to hire and what you say when you pick up the phone and talk to a consumer. And so the first thing you need to do is you need to sit down in a room and whiteboard it like you did. Understand yourself and then understand your consumer. And the reason why I say it in that order is, first of all, you need to sit down and find out what your values are as a company. And you can do this if you're in a big company or a small company. It really doesn't matter. It's still a group of people that, that are coming together to do something. And usually you can think about ways to, um, to do it either in a smaller group and then build to a larger group, or you can bring everybody together. But understand who you are and what's important to you as a group of people. And it could be totally unrelated to what you do for a living or what you make. You could be a business to business company, but again, I'll use Humane Society. If, if, if you believe in caring for animals and taking care of animals that have been discarded, then, then let's talk about that. And then the next question is, is understand your consumer. You wanna know if this is important or not to your consumer, because you wanna know if, if it is something that you want to build off of with them and make it part of your marketing message, a big part or a small part. And you also want to know if you're going to attract more consumers along the way, if there's more like-minded people out there. So if you come up with something that you believe in and you also believe either your target consumer or your current consumer believes in, great. Now you've got a big thing to share and then you can build to the next level. Um, somebody came up to me after the presentation and asked me, what if, you don't, what if you don't agree with your why? And that's a great personal question to say, well, then maybe you shouldn't work there. Maybe you should find a company where there is uh, alignment with what you believe in and what your management believes in. Yeah, I'm sure when you guys hire in, you yeah. want somebody that buys into the and isn't bringing in their six pack of plastic bottles and plopping them in <laughs> drinking in front of you, right? Exactly. Uh, well, and that was another thing that, you know, Simon wrapped up his thing by saying is people don't buy what you do, but why they buy why, why you, you do, do it. it. Yeah. And I, you know, I saw a lot of that in, in what you guys are doing. So let's talk about, first of all, we'll put a clip to the Ellen uh, yeah. video in, in our show notes mm -hmm. because that was, that was awesome. It was hilarious. How did how did you do that? Do you know Alan? Are you the one with the relationship? <laughs> with did you just call her up? No, I don't know her at all. Obviously, love her and um, believe in what she believes in. But and that's the crux of it. They reached out to us uh, in the end of the day because they want to remove plastic pollution. And there's a lot of companies that that they could have reached out to, but layer that onto the fact that we plant trees. She, and, and especially after the forest fires and the, and the mudslides that happened over the last year, we had the conversation of, not with, with Ellen's people. Uh, <laughs> no, you talked to Ellen personally. She came here and hang out with you. But she's, but she's wonderful. We had the conversation with people where she said, listen, I want to do something that makes a difference. Find out where, who we should partner with. I want to get plastic off my stage, and I want to make a statement. And so over a series of months, we sat down with our people. We talked about what we can do, what they can do. And believe me, we were just a surprise. We thought she was just going to talk about, hey, I've changed, changed the water in my, my company. But what she did is take it to a whole new level and make a whole bit out of it and talked about how we should have, we should have boxed everything. We should have boxed briefs. We should have boxed water. We should have boxed wine. And so it was funny because she created something that that potentially could go viral, something that actually did, was something that we could share and get use humor to get people on board. And that's really the crux of it is, is 
um, you invest in the cause because you believe in the cause. And then all of a sudden, other people who believe in that same cause come to you. Free People is another great example of a brand that sells beautiful clothing to, to young women. And again, the same conversation. They hand out plastic bottles in their stores. And they came to the re- realization that over time, handing someone a plastic bottle is going to be the same as handing them a pack of cigarettes. And people are going to, people are starting to look at that saying, oh, I don't even want to go near that. So they're getting ahead of it and saying, we know that our consumers want to change. And we know that what our consumers want to know about what you're doing, because they're going to want to make a change. We also know our consumers are going to want to plant trees. So what can we do together? Again, if we didn't have the philanthropic side of our business, they would have never even been, we would have never been on their radar. So once you find the cause, what you stand for, what you believe in, you invest because you believe, not because it's going to make you a ton of money, then all of a sudden good things happen. You start finding partners. More importantly, they find you. And then at the end of the day, we're a very small company out of, out of Grand Rapids. We don't have a ton of money. So we selfishly say, we, we can do what we can, but do you mind using your megaphone, your platform to tell our story? And invariably, Free People has given us millions of dollars worth of marketing. Ellen's bit was millions of dollars worth of, worth of marketing that we could never afford. And they're benevolently giving that to us because of what, because of what we stand for. Do you pay outright for influencer marketing or is all of this kind of just trickling out because of the cause? A little bit of both, a combination of both. We um, went down a path of paying influencers for influence because it's still influencer marketing is very important. But what we found, frankly, is that the influencer market marketplace was starting to get very, very expensive. And at the end of the day, we pulled back and said, we would rather deal with influencers who genuinely want to deal with our product because of what it is and not because of of the money we could give them and and we have continued to have great influencers that post and talk about our product because they believe in what we're standing for and not because we're getting paid and to Jessica's point the consumer sees this the consumer knows that this is authentic and fits into the stories that they're doing so it has been able we've been able to amplify our story through influencers, through field marketing, getting it, getting it in front of people at concerts. We were at Lollapalooza. We've been at Aaron Style. We've been at a number of, and again, you tell this story and people, the light bulb goes off and they want to post and plant and then they want to be part of the community. You gave the example also during the lunch. Uh, so Rag and Bone was one of your partners and you guys actually had, are, are you doing the designer box? Did that yeah. already happen? It'll be, it'll come out in, um, in end of January, beginning of February oh, excellent. of this year. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Okay. So yeah, that's right as we're, uh, we're launching our podcast here, yep. you'll be seeing. So will we see those boxes here in our market or is that regional? It'll be at the Rag and Bone stores. Okay. So, so we won't see it here in Grand Rapids, but you'll see it in Chicago and anywhere where there's a Rag and Bone store and it'll be on their social media. Mm-hmm. So they were great in the sense of what they said is same thing. We want to get plastic out of our stores, but we want to do one better. What we would love to do is do a um, crowdsourced designer package where we take designs. Everyone can submit a design that they want. What influences you? What inspires you between Rag and Bone and Boxed Water? And they curated four actual winners 
of designers who came up with four really cool ideas. What's beautiful about them is that we can post and plant based on exactly what they look like. So Rag and Bone can then take pride in the fact that they will have removed X number of plastic or planted X number of trees just based on the designer packages they've had. So the design community is very excited because they've had a chance to participate. And then obviously Rag and Bone is excited because they've elevated the plastic pollution story and are also working to eliminate it. So it'll be available in all those in all their stores. We're hoping to do more events with them and have proceeds go towards eliminating plastic pollution and planting trees. Now, I don't know exactly how happy Jessica is going to be about this because she loves the simplicity of oh. your marketing <laughs> on the box right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's I, I just wanted to point that out because it is with so much going on in marketing and design these days, yeah. you can you really see those companies where less is more. And when you look at your box, it's white, it's got black font, and it's just simplistic. And mm-hmm. when you see a wall of that, yeah, I'm sure that really stands out on a grocery store. And that was another question that I had. I know we talked during the lunch as well about the competition for you know getting shelf space. I worked in the beer industry for a few years, and I don't know if you're familiar with Beer Wars, but it was a documentary about how competitive it is to get that that shelf space Mm -hmm. i'm assuming that that has to be similar for box water i mean you guys don't just get prime placement oh my gosh i mean you've got to fight the oh my distributors and david and goliath yeah yep it is we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into when we when we went into this world what's shocking to me is how powerful the distributors are and how powerful the buyers are in this. Well, and it only makes sense, but you don't really think about it as a consumer. So a particular store will have over 150,000 SKU units. They only have so much shelf space. And we're dealing with companies like Coke, Pepsi, uh, Dr. Pepper that own Dasani and and Aquafina, multi-billion dollar companies who Right now, a lot of the a lot of the grocery stores and the distributors will say we want a hundred thousand dollars sliding fee for you to have a shelf space, or we want sometimes it's as it's as low as maybe ten thousand dollars per door, and you're talking about one hundred and fifty to two hundred doors. So it's insane the amount of money it takes to get on the shelf in this world. Mm-hmm. The and 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 the other thing that's amazing to me was you start to peel back the onion of this industry is. And I encourage everyone to go to their their grocery store, step back and take a look at the plastic aisles that you see when you just stop at the end of the water aisle. Because I've been obviously been going to grocery stores for years and you just walk right past it because it's part of the environment you live in. But until you stop, I remember one day I counted two full aisles, so like 400 feet plus four end caps of stacked up plastic water bottles. And all of a sudden you realize what a, what just what a crazy mess this is becoming, especially when you realize that only 24% of that may get recycled in the first place. I want to go back to that stat because you, you pointed out that those are recyclable bottles, but yeah. that's just the amount that's actually that's getting actually recycled. Getting recycled, okay. yeah. Because and for various reasons, either people aren't throwing them out, but even some of the product that's going into the recycling bin is not getting recycled. Oh wow! Yeah, no, it's 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 frightening. I would love to do. I know it's like fifteen hundred bottles a minute go into the oceans and the landfills. Wow! So by the time we're done with this, we're talking about thousands of bottles that'll be going in the ocean. Now, is that just negligence? People throwing bottles out and they end up getting into rivers and flowing into the oceans, or are 
is there large scale dumping where companies are actually dumping into the waterways? There is both going on. So there's there's the individuals that can make a difference because they're throwing things out and not putting it into recycling. Majority of our recycling systemically was being sent to China. And China, as of last year, has stopped taking our recycling because their rationale was twofold. We don't want to be the world's dumping ground, but also if it's called clean recycling, the, the material itself wasn't washed or cleaned properly, so they weren't able to recycle it, which is, again, why things weren't recycled. We were also finding out uh, as, we, as we start to research more that a lot of the plastic that was being sent over, if it wasn't clean, they were just burning it for energy. And so now it's like burning tires. You're basically just burning oil. Wow. Um, so a lot of it was being burned by oil. And then, um, and then a lot of it is just being discarded. So if you Google uh, plastic pollution, you'll see tremendous, terrible pictures of India, China, rivers of plastic where people can literally walk on rivers now because it's so full of plastic. There's a great National Geographic, um, 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 they dedicated a whole issue towards the plastic pollution problem that I would encourage everybody to look at online or you can go and buy the specific issue. It's about 40 pages of, of where this is coming from and and just how, how terrible it is, all the way down to the to the real nuts and bolts of, of microplastics and how pervasive that is. We can put a link to that, and we will put a link to That's that in the show notes because that would be a, a good reference. One of the questions that came up as well during the launch was when you decide what your cause is, how uh, proactive do you have to be about thinking of uh, any political implications? And maybe for you, the, the, the question off of that is, I know you're going up against these these big organizations, but is there is there pushback from manufacturers that do plastic because that's a big industry? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. There's so there's pushback from the retailer, and I'm sorry, just to circle back to trying to get on the shelf. The other thing that we you need to do is you need to convince a buyer who's not looking forward but looking back. Mm -hmm. So all the buyers are looking at their financials, saying, "I make X million dollars off of this." plastic shelf and you're asking me to take off something that I know will generate a certain amount of money with this this crazy idea of paper when I've never heard of any of this in the first place. So so you need to get consumer pull in order for them to do that. But it was just and, and again that's why you have to go back to your brand values so so that you can find a community that will support you and then you can say to the individual, I'm gonna get sell through because of this. So it goes back to a the brand values and how you can break down this this incredible wall of plastic. And what other pitfalls came along the way? Some of the things that you have to watch out when you're doing when you're doing this is being afraid of standing for something. So you talk about the political ramifications. Mm -hmm. No matter what you do, someone is going to push back and say this wasn't enough or you could have done more or we would we would rather go another area. That's just the nature of today. Today is a very cynical and especially the nature of the internet where people have a, a megaphone to say what they don't like about whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. You have to do this because you believe in it and you have to have the resolve to say, yes, here's, here is why we're doing what we're doing. And at the end of the day, nobody's perfect. And if you went on our feed, you would see the same thing. Hey, you know, box water isn't great. Using a reusable bottle is better. And we totally agree. I would love to have a day where there is no plastic bottles, box, anything. 
but we're better. And so we're constantly going back to the core value of, hey, what we're doing is better than not doing something. And you can't let the fear of being called out stop you if you believe in what you're doing is great. And so I think what one of the pitfalls we had um, early on is I think we were still we were skittish about talking about a lot of this. So a lot of times we were doing this just because it was the right thing to do. And when we started doing it, we, we did have a lot of haters that came back and said, you're not good enough or why don't you do more? And we just with our resolve kept saying, here's why we're doing very patiently. Here's why we're doing what we're doing. And here's why it's better. And so I would I would recommend that you you do say more and you and you try to get people to follow you. Because since we started really talking about it, we brought more people into the fold. You're going to get a lot more people supporting you than not supporting you if you do the right thing. I think we did a pretty good job of covering all the, the key marketing concepts. Before we wrap up, Rob, any other advice that you'd like to offer or just experienced along the way with uh, the cause marketing and box water journey that you want to share? Yeah, I think the best thing you can do if you're interested in doing this and you want to know how to start within your company, the best thing you can do is start talking to people and emailing people and have a lunch and learn and say, you know what, I, I know we give to this certain cause. Can we do more and see if there's other like minded people within your group? And then the next step for me in, in a broader company would be to find um, a mentor or someone in the senior group who who feels the same way you do. And that way you can start building a, a community within your community to take it down the path. The best thing you can do is find your, your VP of finance, hopefully, uh, <laughs> would be an enlightened one. Because I know, again, it's hard to, to call this out and put a, put a balance sheet against it. But you can use examples like us, examples like Patagonia. You can find many examples in today's world and find information that stems from the consumer to start convincing senior management that this is the right thing to do. Most of senior management, I think, these days are looking for their people to uh, empower themselves and to come to them with ideas like this. Most people, I think, today in today's business culture want to do it but don't but aren't and i'm just saying take the leap because you're going to like what happens so rob thanks again for your time today and for supporting our local ama chapter you talk about networking you talk about mentoring and that's exactly what what i've found and i find so value about the american marketing association locally nationally as well as just the the wealth of knowledge uh, of the people that i've met through this organization so a good little a plug for the ama before we do let you go though we have three personal development related questions for you starting out with number one who or what inspires you i am now inspired by my kids uh, more than anything else especially feeling good about what you're doing and going home and saying hey we're helping save the planet the kids led me to this and they appreciate it more than anything else. Yeah, save the planet. I could say that it'd be like calling dad a superhero, right? Yeah, I will. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but it's true. And and frankly, that's another thing we don't talk about when you talk about the benefits of finding your brand values and creating something more than just the product you're making. At the end of the day, you can go home feeling great about what you're doing. More than just, hey, I sold one more widget. It is step by step we are helping this planet so that's a cool feeling all the way around yeah it's uh you know I, i've been in positions and in jobs before where you lose that connection with I, 
of course, you're trying to sell whatever product you have. Yeah. But what is your role in that organization? What is your organization doing for the betterment of society? And a lot of times there's a disconnect. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to have that passion and to be able to share it with family and kids. That's awesome. Uh, number two, then, what is your favorite personal development, business, or marketing-related book? The best book I've read on, on that subject and, and business in general uh, is called Creativity, Inc., have you heard of it at all? I have not. It sounds familiar. It's but. phenomenal. It's the, about the story of Pixar, the birth, the birth of Pixar, and how it became this cultural phenomenal that it is. Within it, it talks about how to manage creativity and creatives, and how everybody basically is creative. So it applies to everybody. But then it's fascinating the backstories of of Pixar almost went out of business. It was saved by Steve Jobs. It was almost bought by GE. It was one signature away from being bought by GE. And the technology that they created was going to be used for MRIs. And they would have never made a movie. You would have never known Woody. Now, all these characters that we know and love was literally one pen signature away from never happening. Because the first five years of their life, um, they were not making money and they ran out of money. I can't it's, imagine a life without Pixar. That's I know. It's crazy. I mean, think of all the think of all the character we know and love because of it. So it's also good to say to say, hey, stick with it because things pay off if you if you believe in your beliefs. So Creativity Inc. is the name of the book. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And then last question for you. If you could boil down what you've learned in your career down to one piece of advice for others, what would that be? Work with people that you like uh, and keep a great reputation. Because you're only, this is what I tell my kids, you're only as good as your reputation. So always live up to your words, do what you say you're going to do, and you will do well in your life. In every aspect, really. And then before we let you go, Rob, are you okay if we put your contact info in the show notes? If people want to contact you, pick your brain, ask you some questions? Always. That's what we're here for, is to help each other out. And I assume that you would point them the direction towards getting some of this fine water if they needed that? I would encourage everybody to give up single-use plastic, and, and to do so, you're going to have to buy boxed water. To be part of the community, I encourage everyone to go to Instagram and follow us uh, on Facebook. You can do one or the other. And go to our website, boxwaterisbetter.com. You can learn more about everything that I've talked about, what you can do to help the planet, and also it's available to buy the product there. Thank you, Rob. We appreciate your time today. Thank you. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe and share our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Don't forget important links, content, and resources will be included in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. What will you do with the information you learned today? Be inspired. Be creative. Be bold. Set your marketing in motion.